Good morning, it's December 27th, and this is To My Liberal Friends, and today is a special day for my, my wife and I. It's our 53rd anniversary. But I want to talk today about the Electoral College and the Constitution. I bring this up because in the massive spending bill that Congress jammed through during the lame duck session, there were changes made to the Electoral Count Act. Basically, these were good changes and intended to prevent any of the mischief that Donald Trump tried to engage in after the 2020 election. He tried to pressure Vice President Mike Pence to alter the count and declare him the winner. Of course, Pence would not accede to this lunacy, and the process played out per the intentions of the voters. But that has never stopped some liberals from demanding that the Electoral College be abolished and that we elect our president based on a popular vote. Now, you would expect them to want this because of the political divide that we now have in our country. Just as when the Founding Fathers were drafting the Constitution, it is a debate between large states and small states. This past Sunday on CBS Meet the Press, Jamie Raskin, a Democrat from Maryland, went on the attack against the Electoral College. He pointed out that five times in history, presidential candidates have won the popular vote but lost the Electoral College. Most re recently, it's been George W. Bush and Donald Trump. He called the Electoral College a threat to our democracy. Now, that's a refrain that we keep hearing from Democrats these days. Everything is a threat to democracy. Everything they don't like is a threat to democracy. And I would point out to Congressman Raskin that we're not a true democracy, democracy, but rather a democratic republic that protects the rights of the minority. We simply don't allow the majority to just trample over those that disagree with them. A look back at how this system was created will give you a better perspective. The electoral system was one that was born of compromise. At the time of the Philadelphia Convention, no other country in the world directly elected its chief executive, so the delegates were wading into uncharted territory. Further complicating the task was a deep-rooted distrust of executive power. After all, the fledgling nation that we were had just fought its way out from under a tyrannical king and overreaching colonial governors. They didn't want another despot on their hands. One group of delegates felt strongly that Congress shouldn't have anything to do with picking the president. Too much opportunity for chummy corruption between the executive and legislative branches. So why does the Electoral College still exist, despite its contentious origins and awkward fit with modern politics? The party in power, being honest, typically benefits from the existence of the Electoral College, and a minority party has little chance of changing the system because a constitutional amendment requires a two-thirds supermajority in Congress plus ratification by three-fourths of the states. Now, how many of you think that small states like Wyoming or Nebraska or South Carolina, or even Delaware, or Maine, are going to change the system that harms them. They're not going to do it. Plus, the old-school electoral system has its benefits. With the Electoral College, for example, there's no chance of a runoff election of a protracted national recount. Witness what happened in Georgia. Columnist George Will has written in the past that he shudders to think what would have happened in the 1960 election if there had been no Electoral College. But that's not stopped people from trying to change it. If you look back on history, over 200 years, more than 700 proposals have been introduced in Congress to reform or eliminate the Electoral College. There have been more proposals for constitutional amendments on changing the Electoral College than any other subject. James Madison was one of the key architects of this system, and even he later saw it could be approved. He became disenchanted with the process of all the electoral votes in one state going to the winner of the popular vote in that state. He would have preferred the votes be allocated according to congressional districts. Many in Nebraska actually do this today. But Democrats, they don't champion this idea because that fear they might lose an election that they might otherwise have won. 
They like the popular vote in a state going all to the winner. They do not want large states like California, New York, and Illinois being split up. Now, I continue to favor having the Electoral College system because it gives a certain level of power to each state. The plurality of votes in a state like California cannot overwhelm a large block of other states. It should, for, it should force candidates to campaign in more states instead of simply concentrating on the large states. But the liberals in the Democratic Party will continue to demand that the system be abolished, calling it antiquated. They do this with much of the constitutional government that our founding fathers created, and they complain about it because it thwarts their desire to turn the nation into what they want it to be. This has been To My Liberal Friends. Thanks for listening.